Welcome back to the third year of the Netflix podcast, Present Company. I'm your host, Krista Smith. This season, we have something really special for you. I'll be exploring a universal human emotion with our guests. Fear, a word that has gathered new meaning for many of us over the past year. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back to another episode of Present Company, On the Road, the segment where I take you to some of the biggest film events in the country. Today, I'm at the 48th Annual Telluride Film Festival, located at 9,000 feet in the mountains of Colorado. I'm about to sit down with Dakota Johnson, who stars in Maggie Gyllenhaal's feature directorial debut, The Lost Daughter. So, live from Telluride with Dakota Johnson. Very exciting to see you here in this environment. Uh, You were just in Venice, so you've flown halfway across the world to Telluride, Colorado for The Lost Daughter. And I'm just going to say congratulations. Um, This feels like a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. This film has just exploded, and people have responded to it so positively. And I heard about the standing ovations in Venice, and now in Telluride with a completely different crowd, but equally enthusiastic response. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. Having known you and followed you since what I don't even know, teenager, it's just great. It's just such a great moment to witness. So, and you look great despite, I what I can't imagine the jet lag and, and all of the stuff you guys have been doing. So I don't think I've been in a place long enough to receive jet lag. Yeah. I think I'm just like bone tired, mm-hmm. but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about, um, Obviously, we're going to talk about the the lost daughter and Nina, and you play such a central uh, character in this drama with Olivia Coleman, who's Leda, Jesse Buckley, and there's just like all these beautiful moving parts. It's thriller, reminded me a little of Hitchcock, psychological drama, and then just um, the female condition, all of it. So for you, I look at your IMDb page, and you have been working steadily, it feels like. Every year you've got a project, a film, you're, you've been really, um, you've got a lot of momentum. So when you see this part, when this comes to you, what made you want to play Nina? There was something about um, the raw honesty in the script that made me feel uncomfortable and like seduced. And Maggie really like captures me all the time. She just gets my heart. And I, she has this, um, she's such a brilliant mind. And when I met with her, I loved the script so much. And it wasn't like, um, I hadn't read the novel. And when I met with Maggie, I, and I mean, there was quite a process of like me getting that job, but, um, when we started working together on it, I asked if I should read the novel and she was like, no, maybe don't. And that whole, her whole journey of making this and adapting it and then working with me and we were working over Zoom and then I think she was working with Jesse over Zoom and all of us together when we were there, was it was so saturated. It was like, um, Peter the other day said something about how Maggie has this ability to tell the real truth of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like everyone says, oh yeah, this is happening, but like what's really happening here? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, for our listeners, that's Peter Skarsgård, uh, actor and also husband of Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And there was something about Nina that was, you know, she could have been so two-dimensional. She could have just been like the hot girl on the beach. But she's a woman who is hungry and invisible. Mm-hmm. And that is devastating. That is like so many women I know. It's I've felt that at times in my life where you're just like, I want more for my brain. I want to like chew on things and I can't. And I, I'm not seen and nobody actually sees the heart that I have or the mind that I have. And that's Nina. And then also having this child who is demanding more than I think she understands that she can give. This was tough for me because I'm not a mother, but Mm -hmm. I grew up with so many siblings and Mm -hmm. so many of my friends have babies and, Mm -hmm. and I see them at times just be like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. And like somehow you just do it Mm -hmm. or you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of um, I think it's incredibly nuanced the relationship you have with your daughter, who's a, one. As I was going to ask you, what is it like working with a child actor? Because you do have this complicated, incredibly intimate, beautiful, and then frustrating relationship with your with your daughter, and the way Maggie shoots it, and the way it was edited and comes across and acted. It's really impactful. Mm-hmm. How was that working with? The kid. That was really interesting. Athena, when we shot this, she's was four years old. And that's so rare in movies. Usually the kid is a bit older, but they look quite young. So mm-hmm. they have a little bit more maturity. She was four and she was kind of a wild animal. You didn't you couldn't really tell which days she wanted to be there. She was didn't really, I think, understand what she was doing. Mm-hmm. My immediate instinct was to be like, okay, I'm going to just become best friends with her. So I bought her these huge bags of candy. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to give you whatever you want. Nothing worked. This kid (laughs) was like impenetrable. She was cold, stone faced, just like, you're not my mom. Stop acting like hardcore Mm -hmm. and so smart and so brilliant. So I was like, okay, what do I do now? Because I need to have this relationship with her. And I let her just be so frustrated on me. Like I was the punching bag. I, she didn't want to be in a scene and Mm -hmm. she'd hit me and I'd keep going. And the scenes where we're in the toy store or where we're on the beach and she's like screaming in my face, I, I was dying inside. I just was like, oh my God, this kid. But then it was like, she got to let something out. She was Mm -hmm. having fun being kind of a wild little animal and like scratching at me or pulling my earrings out or like, um, you know, screaming in my face, which I'm sure she wasn't allowed to do with anybody else. Right. But my immediate reaction to having this little girl was like, you know, like sweeten up to her, but it turned into this, like, just let it out at me. Your Mm -hmm. frustration about doing this over and over again, your frustration about being four, like right. all the, all the things and it, and it worked, but it was, 
It's, it's another is another element to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you talk about three dimensional. This is what this film does so successfully, is you have on first sight thinking that oh are people going to be two-dimensional? Is this going to be... It's just nothing that you expect. And I love that. And I love this movie because I didn't... It kept me so engaged at every turn because I wasn't able to anticipate what was coming next. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I loved your performance. I just was like, ah, I was so excited to see you just take this on and excel. And I felt like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. We're 30. We're here. This is the part. Everything is is in the rear view mirror. We're only looking forward. And that's what I felt. Even though you're not the lead, even though you're not Olivia Coleman, who we're going to talk about in a second, I just thought this is a career defining part for you. Thank you. You know, and I'm sure it probably didn't feel like that in the moment, but as an observer, I was like. I think it felt like that for me personally in the moment. I think I am maybe a little bit like Nina, even like I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. I need more. And I think Maggie also works a little bit almost in like the 5D. She's like some of the notes that she would give. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like really, really deep, really like abstract. And I just go with it and Mm -hmm. take it. And, and it was, Yeah, I think I feel like I also in my own womanhood and in my own artistry, I'm just, I want to unfold. I want to keep finding all the women that are in me. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about one giant woman and a giant performance is, you know, Olivia Coleman. If you have a television or a phone, you couldn't have not seen something she's been in. She's just extraordinary. How, How was that working with her? It was perfect. She's so perfect. There's, she's just, um, she's kind of mysterious and also so uh, grounded and normal and um, fun and like wild. She's uh, she's so many things. Mm-hmm. And then there's this mystery to her work and her. You know, there's some actors that I think you work with and you're like, I see your process. I see I see you doing your thing and I'm like watching how how it comes mm-hmm. out. And she just like suddenly you're watching this thing happen and it's magnificent and it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, your relationship with Leda and Nina it ebbs and flows. It takes turns and shocking turns at times. Um, did she get something out of you or were you surprised by something that by yourself working with her? I think I felt um, really safe. I was surprised by that. I mm-hmm. think going into it, I was ner- nervous. She's one of the best actors of all time, yeah. <laughs> of all time. Yeah, And I just felt like it was exactly right. She makes people feel great. And it makes you want to make her feel great. Mm-hmm. And and we all like spent so much time together as well because it was COVID and it was one of the first movies to be shot and we didn't shut down once. It was like that was very rare. Yeah, that's amazing. Um there were no positive tests. It was all like amazing and 
But we would every night be together. We'd have dinner together, have drinks. We were all in the same hotel. So it was really close. Not the kind of job where you leave and you're alone at the end of the day hating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know no one no one actually talks about what a lonely business it is making a movie. That mm-hmm. you know, and I had Ed Harris in here earlier today and he was talking about, you know, how frustrated he is sometimes when you're acting because how much he loves directing because he's constantly in the process. Yeah. Whereas an actor, oftentimes you're waiting six, seven hours to do your two minute bit. Yeah. And it's just this endless waiting and to keep focused and, and, um, keep in it. And you can't really read a book because then it's going to take you out of where you are and all that stuff. But, um, no one ever really talks about how isolating it is. It is isolating. For sure. And it's so different during COVID to make a movie. Mm-hmm. All of the things that sort of mitigate that isolation when you're filming, like bonding with the crew and having on set friendships and like jokes and things, it's all gone. Mm-hmm. You can't see anyone's face. You can't touch anybody. You can't hug anybody. You can't hang out with anyone. Can't go anywhere. Yeah. I've done four movies in less than a year in COVID and it's so fucking depressing. Yeah. It is like all the fun. I mean, it's gone. It's it's so hard. And it's interesting because you shot this in Greece and originally it was supposed to be somewhere else and then COVID. But, but I mean, I'm complaining about making a movie. I'm yeah. saying it's so hard yeah. and my job is like I'm the luckiest person on the planet. So also we were in Greece. Yeah. That was amazing. We yeah. were on an island. Everyone was like, a little bit drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> it was <Samuka>. like, <laughs> yeah. All of that. You turned 30, right? I'm 31. 31. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling about the dynasty pressures, the acting pressures? Like, where are you in that? So I remember talking to you when you first were starting out and you were definitely, um, I was actually talking about you with your dad. We happened to be seated next to each other at a friend's birthday. And I was like, God, your daughter, she just has it. She's so charismatic. Like, she's just got it. I don't know what it is. What did he say? You're welcome. Yeah, I think he did. But that was, I think you were Ben and Kate or whatever. You were were really, it was like your first thing, or it might have even been social network. It was right around that early time. And it was funny. He did say, you're welcome. That's so funny. But um how I feel like that has really gone into the background and you really are just now yourself. But I'd like for you to talk a little bit about that. In terms of my family? or yeah, like, just how are you feeling? And, and, you know, you come from like a long line of actors and that responsibility and, you know, yeah. love your grandmother, obviously, duh, like <laughs> gold standard and, you know, I legend. Know. I know. She's so remarkable. It's yeah, and she's, you know, she's getting older. Mm-hmm. I I try not to have an awareness of the optics of my career. Mm-hmm. I think I really want to be inside of it. But also now you have to, in a way, mm-hmm. because of social media and because of how fast things move, I think. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I just want to make great things. And I don't know... I started my production company, which is really exciting. And I have an amazing partner. Her name's Ro Donnelly, and she used to work at Netflix. And now she's with me running my company. And and it's really liberating to, like, 
start just making my own things. And I don't know, I feel very separate from my parents. I don't really feel like I'm very much like either one of them mm-hmm. in terms of my work. I want to make great things and if I can, move people and move the world mm-hmm. in a way. But I, I don't know. I love the tea time. Yeah. They're the name of your company, I should say, for, for everybody listening. Yeah, Tea Time Pictures. And I've been, was like looking on your Instagram at, about the Tea Time and having fellow artists do their top five, I thought was super clever. Yeah. And what, what I find is interesting is that, which I'm really happy to see, is women of your generation being able to say, I'm going to have a company and I'm going to create something and mm-hmm. I'm going to own it and I'm going to um, dictate you know, my own career and mm-hmm. my own kind of purpose as an, as an artist. Whereas mm-hmm. for your mom and your grandmother, it was a different you're, It was more reactive for women to a certain degree. And I love this generation. Yeah. And I look at Reese and Emma, Jennifer, all, all of the gals that are out there making great stuff are really taking ownership. And yeah. it's kind of being a Gen Xer, it's kind of amazing to see that. That's a good point. And I really wanted with my company to create an environment, sort of a collective of artists that loved working together and felt really safe and supported and equal and um, then able to do to like reach higher and do better work. And Ro and I have really found, like I love championing young writers, playwrights, female writers, female directors. There's, we are making a movie right now with this kid named Cooper Rafe. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if you know him, but he's, <laughs> a ma- he's not a kid. He's a, he, he says he's a man, but he's 23. And <laughs> he um, made a film called Shit House for, 50 grand. Great title. And it's amazing. <laughs> and he wrote it, directed it, starred in it, and edited it and produced it. And he's brilliant. And so we are making this movie with him right now called Cha Cha Real Smooth, which I just wrapped on Wednesday. Oh, great. And he, and, and it's like a, a whole team that we've accumulated people over the years so that everyone is like, I'm good. There's no weird patriarchy, there's no weird hierarchy. There's no one treated different than anybody else. And we just want to make great things. Like the mandate for us is be nice. Like don't be an asshole Mm -hmm. and make great things. Mm -hmm. And that's how it should be. And weird stories should be told and honest stories should be told. You know, it's hard now working even with the studio system. Like my company, if we want to sell a movie to a company that's right there, there's this like new school, old school war happening. And we have to do rewrites to take out truths that are a little bit too scary for some people. <laughs> and that's been happening as long as the movies have been going, I know, right? And I'm kind of just like, <laughs> I'm not down with that. Yeah. I'm not down with that. I want to tell the truth. Like if someone did something fucked up and people don't like it, but that's what really happened then you should tell the story because that's how people learn. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to try to do is just tell the truth and make it great. Mm-hmm. What, what did you learn from, from Maggie on this shoot? She's 
the ultimate truth teller. And she is, I think I have this, not like, I don't know how to explain it. She's really collected and thoughtful in any circumstance. And there are some situations where I would just like fly off the handle and she would assess. And that is something that I am taking because it is so cool mm -hmm. and it is so much better. I'm obvious, like I'm an artist. I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> but yeah. she, if something happened where there was, I don't, I can't even, I can't even start with the amount of things I've learned from her, but this bravery and this fearlessness to just be so solid, to not have to react and to try things to mm -hmm. like, you know, there were some, some takes that we did with the little girl, Athena, that were really, really gnarly. Mm -hmm. And I was horrible. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go the total opposite direction and it was beautiful and really sweet. And that is life. That's like the truth. It's not like, let's keep it safe while we're making this. No, let's keep it wild. Mm -hmm. And like everyone feel comfortable on, in the grand scheme of things, everyone's safe. So relax. And then within the scenes, go nuts. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it, like just looking at you, I realize like you, you both have kind of a familiar background in a way. You grew up in Hollywood. It was your backyard, essentially your parents, her parents, obviously were working in the industry and watching her act, 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 and now direct. I'm thinking, obviously it's going to beg the question, Dakota, you've been seeing it, act, 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 act. Now you've watched a fellow actress direct. How are you feeling about that? Because I see that coming. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it. I'll tell you after this, but okay. I will say <laughs> it's not a no, mm -hmm. not no. I really, it's so scary to think about that. And I'm like, fuck, is that something that I could actually do? I made a music video, but that's different because mm -hmm. it can be so nonlinear. Mm -hmm. You know, the answer is yes. When? I don't know, but for sure. Mm -hmm. I can't get movies out of my blood. Mm -hmm. I can't. It's everything. I feel you on that. Yeah, so, you can't either. You I can't love either. movies I know. so much. <laughs> I can't. I, I feel you on that. Yeah, I do. I love them. I see them. I feel them. I experience yeah. them. I live with them in my emotional state for a while afterwards, which yeah. is why I can never really see scary movies because they stay with me too long. Films, yeah. they, I'm very porous. So even how ridiculous scary movie, it'll like, oh, I just don't like that. It's, it's too yeah. intense for me. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, this season on the podcast, I've been talking about fear because obviously we've been inundated uh, the, in the past 18 months, more than normal, you know, in terms of uh, a global pandemic, climate change, you know, every time you turn on the news, there's just like, we're constantly battling our own fears. And I know that that is a very common state for a lot of artists whether it's as basic as fear of failure or just a general anxiety. And so I've been asking everybody selfishly and also just because I think people are curious, how's your relationship with fear these days? Like, how are you feeling? There are times when I drown in it. I drown. And I think that that's okay. 
because if I felt fine all the time, like I'm also so porous. Mm -hmm. I just was working with this girl who played my daughter, a 14 year old who played my daughter, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but she, and she's 17 in real life, but she's autistic and she's one of the most magnificent people I've ever met. And we were talking about, we were just kind of like tripping out together on what it means to like be a human mm -hmm. on a planet and like, what are we doing? And everywhere you turn is, is violence, horrific violence and people being horrendous and hatred mm -hmm. and control. And there's no escaping it. You can't be like, oh, I'll just go you know, to, I'll live here, I'll go there, I'll go, whatever. And, and then you also feel like I'm just a little human. No matter how loud my voice can be, I would have to scream and yell my whole life in order to make just a little indentation, mm -hmm. a little movement. Mm -hmm. But then there's the part of me, and I remember there's this Hunter Thompson quote. I, I grew up in Woody Creek right near Hunter. And he has a quote that says, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Mm. And that's where I'm like, that's, that's my little road. That is like, the world is really bad. And a lot of people are really bad. But then there are a lot of people that are really good. And they just have to keep doing the good, keep fighting the good fight. Like, if it's weird out there, then get weirder and figure out a way to be louder. Mm. And... And it's scary because you think about like your family and you think about a future family or you think about raising children in this world and you're like, do I want to do that to somebody? Would I want someone to experience that? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, well, but maybe, yeah, because maybe they'll help it. Mm -hmm. Being alive is a trip. It is a trip, and it's been a trippy, a trippy time, and it's been weird to have a global situation that's affecting everybody, and obviously everybody in different ways, but it is affecting everybody. Yeah, but Dakota, it's great to see you. I Thank love you. I love you too. Let's do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's turn the microphones off so then I can say some real shit. Yeah. <laughs> Get down to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm so this. This is such a great great film as a mother and as um, a woman living on this planet for a few decades, for sure. I appreciated all of the points of view in it. Every one of them. I'm I so got glad. something from it. It was great. So did I actually. Maggie said to me, she was like, do you, are you pleased? After I had seen it. And I said, I'm not pleased. I'm honored. Honored. Mm. That's a good response. Yeah, I know. I was like, good one. Nice one, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. Thanks, son. Thank I'll talk you. to you later. Thanks so much for joining me. The Lost Daughter with Dakota Johnson is coming to theaters December 17th and streaming on Netflix December 31st. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company.